The weather is finally getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince. Now I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year, like premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost like the middleman that passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. I am so excited. I have two gorgeous, lightweight cashmere sweaters coming my way. One camel, one heather gray. I cannot wait to wear them in the warmer months when it's chilly in LA. Throwing them over my shoulders. Going to look so cute. Can't wait. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash judging Megan for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash judging Megan to get free shipping and 365 day returns quince.com slash judging Megan. And now back to the podcast. Sick of being upsold at gyms. My guy, you're currently a base member for $90 more. I can upgrade you to our shred membership for 130 more. You'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach sweat platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. This podcast is sponsored by Mindful Wellness. I have to tell you guys, I am down an additional, I think, two to three pounds since I started with them. So I've only been working with them for a few weeks and I couldn't be happier. I'm down a total of about 26 pounds since I started my weight loss journey about a year ago. And they have this amazing challenge that's starting in January. So it's a 90-day weight loss challenge that launches in January, and you can embrace the new year with a refreshed and revitalized version of yourself. It's your time to shine, to prioritize your well-being, and embark on a transformative journey. This 90-day weight loss program is tailor-made for anyone eager to reclaim their health and vitality. Don't do it alone. Rally your friends and do it together. Let's conquer this challenge. Get set for a thrilling ride to a healthier and happier you. I know I'm taking the challenge. I hope you will too. Text 310-220-4543 or you can go straight to their website, mindfulwellness.com to find out more. And now back to the podcast. Hi, everybody. You are listening to Judging Megan with your host, Megan Judge. It's the holidays. The world is falling into shatters. My day has been like a hot mess. My guest has been canceled on before and was kind enough to come back on. And then I couldn't get my mic to work. Well, that's the kind of morning I've had, but let's let, let me talk about good stuff because of you all, my listeners who I love so much. I today woke up to find that I have just hit a million downloads, a million downloads over three years. And let me just tell you, when I started this, I was in the worst possible place of my life. I was pretty much drooling in a corner. People made fun of me because I decided to start a podcast because like I've talked about before, everyone's like, oh, you're starting a podcast. Ha ha ha. Well, I started a podcast and it's thankfully become my job and I'm really thankful and grateful every day to do what I do, but especially to meet people like my guests today and to do it for the reasons of really helping other people, whether it be aging, depression, anything mental health related, suicide prevention, which is always part of my platform. Um, 
but I'm just so, 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 so grateful to all of you. So thank you for listening. I've started to notice more and more listeners in Asia. So thank you to my Asian listeners. I'm so appreciative of all of you. We've all been put here for a reason and we all deserve acceptance. Judging Megan with Megan Judge. I'm a trauma survivor from a really young age and I have been diagnosed with complex PTSD in the past few years. I've been surrounded by death and abuse much of my life. I've been dragged through the mud and have been to the point of not wanting to go on anymore. Through my interviews with other survivors, I've learned that there is a way out. From recovering to surviving and thriving, we all have the strength to come out the other side. You are listening to Judging Megan. Let me just introduce my guest who has the patience of a saint. So Dina Salisi, who, by the way, everyone, I pronounced her name right on the first try, right, Dina? Yes, you did. (laughs) (laughs) Dina is a flower essences expert, which I never even knew that that was a thing. So I can't wait to talk about it. Dina is the author of several books, including her latest book, The Art of Flower Therapy, which came out in September. And she also contributes regularly to wellness media and will be a presenter at the Canyon Ranch next year. I cannot wait to find out what the art of flower therapy is. And I think my listeners are really going to appreciate this. So welcome, Dina. Mm, thank you, Megan. It's so great to be here with you today. I hope that my my intro was acceptable because like I said before we started, it's the holidays and I don't know anybody that is calm during this period of time. Are you? Maybe you can start in right away and tell me. Yeah. Well, okay. That's interesting. Um, I am pretty calm yeah. <laughs> now. And, uh, you know, I, I do use flower therapy quite regularly to, you know, balance. I mean, it's for emotional balance. So, you know, I wasn't always a, a calm, um, self-confident person. And I do really attribute that a lot to a lot of the healing work I've done. Okay. Um, but I, I do feel fairly calm right now. You know, I have children that are adults, so that helps because I don't have little ones that it was definitely more stressful when they were small. So now I just get to welcome them home and, you know, kind of enjoy it. I guess. Well, you look very young to have older children. Okay. Um, what I was thinking about today while I was driving around, dropping off one at a birthday party, my dog ran away. Like it's been one of those mornings. Um <laughs> I was thinking about how everybody complains about the holidays and how stressful it is. And then I kind of started to take myself out of it a little bit and say, what are we stressed about? I mean, really, we live in in the United States of America, which is Mm -hmm. the wealthiest, one of the wealthiest, if not the wealthiest country on the entire globe. We're stressed about Christmas shopping and buying holiday gifts. And we treat each other like dog do this time of year. A lady the other day in Target screamed at me out of nowhere, like came up to me. I don't even know what I did. And she said um, she used some some expletives and called me the B word. And I was just sitting there going, she goes, you're the rudest person I've ever met. I've ever met. And I didn't even know what I did to this person. I think she was probably on something, but I had to take a step back and go, don't, don't react. This person obviously has some issues going on. The old me, by the way, like a couple of years ago would have reacted freaked. Yeah. and freaked out at her. And maybe security would have been called because it was scary. My heart was racing. I just, before we start going into your story and about you and everything, and maybe you can pipe in with this, take a step back. Like everybody, let's all take a step back because this is supposed to be the time of year where we treat each other with kindness. This is supposed to be the time of year where we're grateful for all of the things that we have, whether it be material things, family, love, children, hopes, dreams, whatever it is, it's so important to kind of take a step back. And I'm telling myself this as well, because I'm stressed and I'm sitting here trying to run all all over the place and get gifts and 
take my kids shuttling everywhere. And it's just really important to remember that. Do you have any thoughts on that? I have a lot of thoughts on that, which I feel like we'll kind of get into more as the conversation unfolds. But one of my thoughts is that, you know, like you're saying, we're all kind of stressed at at this gift buying and we have to cook and we have to entertain and get the kids here and there. Mm -hmm. So when I want to take, as you say, take a step back, I look toward nature, right? And so this is a big part of what I do for myself and what I help to guide others in is really connecting with the energies of nature and the rhythm of nature because it holds us. So if we do take a step back and we look at, um, you know, what's going on in the natural world right now, okay, so yesterday was the winter solstice. And what that means to me and to so many other people is that it's the time when the light is coming back, the sun is climbing higher in the sky and we all Mm -hmm. benefit from this illuminative energy, right? Like, because it's been dark, it's been really dark the last couple of months and that affects our emotions, right? I think a lot of us recognize that. So in really leaning into the energy of nature and being able to really celebrate like this day yesterday. And now like even today, I, I noticed the lights a little higher, the sun came up just even a minute or two earlier, that really can hold us and help us to to not get caught up in the deluge of all the other bullshit. (laughs) You know? It's so true. I listened. I I, I believe in the power of nature, which we're going to go into. And I'm going to stop piping, like talking so much Mm -hmm. in a second. But um. I listened to this Oprah podcast recently with the, an author. I, I think it's part of her Super Soul yeah. series. And the author and she talk about nature. One of the best things that you can do is get outside and walk and yeah. just turn off all devices, take an hour in the morning, get outside before everything else and take a walk. And so yes. I think nature is so important, but I want to, I want to, properly introduce you and kind of find out your backstory and about you and how you got into this. And I also think by the end of this, I might need to get into read your book and get into flower therapy because it sounds fascinating and I think much needed this time of year. So why don't we just talk a little bit about you? Tell me a little bit about your background and where you're from. Yeah. Well, where I'm from, I grew up in New Jersey Um, I live in California. I've lived in California now for most of my life and I never go back East. I rarely go back East. So I consider myself a true Californian now. Um, Part of that was because I just fell in love with the landscape out here and really coming from somewhat of a troubled childhood. um, I couldn't believe that there was this magical place where, you know, flowers grow on the roadside all year round. And that's like just making me happy just thinking about that. Um, And so I was enchanted from the beginning, and that was the early 90s. Um, And I really never looked back. But my my love of flower therapy, as it were, began in New York City. Um, I used to go into Greenwich Village a lot as a young woman, and I stumbled into a metaphysical bookstore and picked up Edward Bach's book, Um, healed thyself. And he's the the forefather of flower therapy. So he um, developed this system about 100 years ago in rural England. He was a physician and um, he was, you know, an intuitive, really cool guy. And he um, intuited that it wasn't enough to just, um, you know, kind of see his patient's on the physical level. He really wanted to delve deeper. And what he realized was that when he started asking people about their emotional state in conjunction with their physical illness, he could then prescribe them the essences from these flowers, which he went out into the countryside and he sort of deemed them, you know, each of these 38 flowers he deemed to be connected with a different challenging emotional state. And then he started prescribing them to patients and noticing that people were getting well quicker um, because they were kind of, you know, he was asking them, how do you feel? And this is something that a physician still very rarely, if ever, asks. 
And so he was kind of hooked on this idea that we could connect with the subtle energy from flowers. He was also a homeopath. So anybody who knows about homeopathy, it is using the subtle energy from just about any physical substance. And it's uh, like cures like. So in homeopathy, we can use something that's a toxic substance to cure a toxic um, physical reaction. Well, for Bach, he wanted to work with flowers. He was just drawn to the energy of flowers and he recognized them as this light-filled energy. And now a hundred years later, science is kind of catching up to that, right? Like we understand quantum energy and that everything holds energy and that why would flowers not be able to offer us some sort of uh, a healing that's beyond the physical. So it's a metaphysical method, let's say. And so now for a hundred years, there's been thousands, tens of thousands of practitioners. There's hundreds of companies that use just about every flower on the planet to, to kind of um, reverse this challenging emotional ailment that we all suffer from. And so I've been using flower essence remedies for about 30 years. I began to do it on myself. I was a self-studier until about 10 years ago, I underwent the Bach training program to become a Bach flower essence practitioner. And I'm also a health coach. So I'm a board certified health and wellness coach. So I started giving um, my coaching clients flower essence remedies to kind of help them with their healing. And lo and behold, everybody started kind of um, healing at a quicker rate than my other coaching colleagues who were just seeing straight coaching, you know, paid clients. Um, so I'm hooked on it and I love it. I create a combination flower essence remedy for myself monthly. And, you know, really, um, if you saw me 30 years ago, I'm not the same person who sits here today. I was very timid. I was very shy, um, very fearful. Um, I am a sexual abuse, um, survivor. you know, a survivor. I'm a survivor. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, this, of course, colored my perception of life. And I don't think that I would have been able to be where I am today, really, without the support of the flower remedies alongside other, you know, other healing modalities that I used. I did go through therapy. I went through group healing, which I truly believe in, you know, healing in a group. And, um, you know, I just I'm, I'm so enamored with the way nature holds us and heals us. So let me back up a little bit. Because I say this all the time when I meet people, but I really mean it. You had me at hello. We're very similar in the following. <laughs> um, I I understand the power of sunlight. I understand the solstice. So yesterday, even I think my husband was telling me something like, "Oh, so I I love that the that now it's not going to be dark as late because I find that when it hits September." And then we have to change the clocks, which by the way, I think they're reversing that law in California One of where we're, yeah. is that tr accurate? Well, we voted on it, I believe two years ago and yeah. I look into it all the time. And the last I heard they're trying to, I mean, they're trying to blame it on Biden, which I don't know how true that is, but no. they're saying he didn't sign the bill. So, I mean, I remember it, it works for, yeah. um, for, for business because they don't want, yeah, they just want to be able to fit in more hours of business. So it's, it's but I feel like it's so important to be out with the sun driving home, I find myself very depressed when it's five o'clock and dark. Yes. And I don't feel this that way in the, in the spring, summer when yeah. we're able. So that's the first thing you said that really caught my attention. Also, I'm a California girl myself. Mm -hmm. I grew up in DC and I was drawn to our beautiful state for all of the same reasons, you know, the hikes, the nature, the flowers on this, you know, even the freeways, all the things that we're fortunate to have in California. And so I've spent most of my life here, uh, the majority of my life in California. So I'm a California girl too, by, yeah. by via yeah. East yeah. coast. Right. But I love what you're, what you said about the healing power of flowers. And I really have never sat down and thought about this. Um, 
but it's, it all makes sense. I mean, look at what we're using for anti-aging flowers. I mean, flowers are put in antidepressant, like the homeopathic versions. Can you go into a little bit about mental health and the power of using flowers in that area? Because so many of my listeners struggle with that. And just to piggyback on the group therapy thing, I a hundred percent agree with you. I've done group therapy. I think it's so powerful. And I think any time that we can find other ways to deal with our childhood trauma, I'm a, I'm a, um, ace myself, adverse childhood experience survivor. I think it's so, so powerful. So can you kind of go into the ways that flower therapy can help specifically with mental health? Absolutely. I mean, um, you know, I would say it's, it is specifically designed for mental health, you know, Mm -hmm. for stabilizing mental health because it deals with the emotions. Right. So, um, you know, for myself being a trauma survivor, um, you know, again, I really just leaned into this idea that we could heal ourselves that, and that's not to say that we don't ever need help from the outside or from doctors. Many Mm -hmm. of us do, and that's great that it's there. Mm -hmm. But the idea that we could sort of discover even what it is we're feeling, right? Because all too often, I feel like we give our power away, where we don't take enough time to do the journaling or to just sit beneath a tree or to ask ourselves, you know, what am I really feeling or what what's going on in my relationships that I need to be taking care of myself, right? So that right there, it begins with the self-awareness. And that's what I love so much about flower therapy is it asks us to be more self-aware. So whenever I teach a course, whenever I teach students how to work with the flower essences, I tell them this isn't going to be about like, this is what these flowers are for and now go use them. It's more about developing a deeper inner dialogue. So the first thing you have to do is get quiet and reflect on what it is that I'm feeling in this moment. And so for those who are ready to do that and who are willing to do that, it is such a beautiful flowering. It really is this blossoming of a process that you get really clear on what it is you're feeling. And then you can look toward the specific flowers that relate to that. And then you take them internally. And over the course of a few weeks, your emotions start to shift and, and, and then other things might rise up. So depending on the trauma, obviously, if you're dealing with childhood trauma, it's going to take a little bit longer. But what I notice is that the layers start to move really quickly. So like for somebody like me, who I was incredibly shy as a child, I would just like not want to talk, not want to speak, like just stay really quiet, stay really small. So the very first flower I began to work with was Mimulus, which is one of the fear flowers. So in my book, um, I divide the 38 flowers into Dr. Bach's seven categories of emotional challenge. Fear is the first category. We can all relate to that, right? Mm -hmm. But then there's five flowers for fear. So it's how does fear show up in us? So Mimulus is probably um, the most popular fear flower because it's for any fear that can be named. And I was afraid of of talking, (laughs) really, like I was afraid of expressing myself. And so um, when I was in my early 20s, I worked with um, the Mimulus flower and it was only over the course of a couple of months. And what I noticed was this transformation of being able to speak out more. And that happened more in writing. Like I've always been a writer, like my writing just took off. Like, oh, I can be more emotionally honest with myself and not so afraid of what it is that I have to say. And then I began, you know, speaking out more with other people and and kind of standing up for myself more. So there was like this this fearful little girl turned into a more self-confident young woman. And that was like the first step in my healing. And then from there, um, my trauma started to surface more. So I was ready to deal with it, right? And that's what happens. Like when you're ready, it all kind of emerges. So I just kind of pushed all of this to the to the background for a long time and didn't really know why I was suffering or why I was having bad relationships. Mm-hmm. So once I was less fearful, um, the trauma emerged more. And that was that was a little, you know, unsettling at first, but because I had the flowers and because I had this more self-confidence to lean into, I kind of 
knew what to do. And one of the first things I did was I got with a really good therapist, someone whom I trusted. I didn't, you know, I, and, and, you know, for anyone who's out there looking for a therapist, like go with your gut instinct, because there's millions of therapists out there and they all work differently and not everyone's going to, um, you know, relate to you. So I made a lot of phone calls and, um, finally I landed on a woman whom really spoke my language. You know, she, she, um, believed in art therapy. So I'm an artist and a writer and that really resonated with me. And she was just very kind and she listened. And, um, so I worked with her for a couple of years and then I moved away from where I was working with her. And this was way before zoom. So, you know, I kind of like had to look for somebody new and then the next person I met um, was a woman who worked with um, sexual abuse survivors in circles. So she was somebody who wanted us to tell our story in front of other survivors. That was the most um, terrifying, but also the most uplifting experience I ever had. So can, I can I stop in- you for one yeah. second? I just want to make sure yeah, I have the sure. timeline for my listeners and myself. When yeah. so you started de- like working with flowers in your in your tw- late twenties, they helped you with the fear piece, just like you just said. I say this all the time. So if you're a new listener or you've been listening for a while and I haven't brought this up, I do want to say follow up with what you said. Um, therapy is like a date. I say it's like a dating app. I was never on one. I've been married. I've been with my husband since my twenties. But there's there's take your time finding the right therapist, Yes, like kind of to piggyback on what you're saying. There's, there's not, you might go see one therapist and you can't stand it. And you're like, I'm done with therapy. Please don't do that to yourself because there are, it took me numerous, numerous therapists to find my Dr. Nay, who was my therapist for a long time. Um, but it's kind of like dating. So I like to compare it to that, but I wanted on a timeline, just to, to follow up with like the question of you got into therapy, you, you liked your therapist, then you went into this group therapy. What was the age range? Like, if you don't mind kind of going into that for me, my age range or no, the age range when you like started to really want to tackle the, cause you were talking about dealing with this, you know, the, the, um, the whole sexual, um, piece of it. Yeah. So it, it began like, well, I mean, I first, you know, honestly, I wasn't even aware of my sexual trauma until I was about 19. Mm-hmm. Like I just, put, and, and often we do, we, we that's push so it down common. because that's our survival. We, that's yeah. how we have to, you know, get through life. Mm-hmm. So when I was about 19, I was first aware of it. And I went to my family who was not supportive. So then I kind of pushed it down a little bit more. And then it wasn't until the birth of my son, my first child, I was 26, where it all kind of came up you know, just being a new mother really brought it up for me. So from the time I was um, 20, about 25, 26, until I was about in my early 30s. So maybe about five or six years, it took me to kind of really get the ball rolling where I felt safe enough to kind of untangle the whole web of the sexual abuse trauma. And then from there on, I I had a really strong foundation and I'm still, I mean, we're still always going to be working with the gifts that we were handed. So, Mm -hmm. so yeah, I mean, now I'm 54 and I'm in an amazing place where I can help other survivors and I can say out loud, you know, what I've been through, but that that's been a long trajectory, but I would say from 25 to about 31, those six years were like the crucial years. And so, um, yeah, so then I was in one-on-one therapy for a few years with my therapist and then I moved away and I got into a group healing circle with six women that I stayed in for two years. We met weekly for two years, which was, which I heard from, from the therapist who um, did the circle that that was highly unusual, but we all completely resonated with each other. And so for the first few weeks, we each took a turn telling our story out loud in the circle. And this was it was scary. It was like, I, it was kind of, I went out of body. I remember, like, I don't feel it fully feel like I was in my body in telling my story, 
But what I remember at the end is I looked around at the group and I looked around at these faces of women and they were holding this story. They were showing love. They were showing compassion. They weren't afraid of me, you know, because that was part of my fear was before that time I had tried to open up to some women whom I thought were friends and they looked at me like, oh, my God, you know what, what, you know, like they just looked at me like I had five heads and that made me want to push it down even more. So, again, like like telling your story with the right people is so utterly healing. So I felt the love until this day. Like I, these aren't women that were like my friends, like I didn't hang out with them outside of circle and we were all wildly different. But till this day, I kind of like, you know, we have like loose connections now, like through Facebook or whatever, but I could call any of these women and they would have my back just by virtue of this resonance that we experienced. So I hold circles now where I try to connect people because it is so so incredibly powerful, the group healing, as you said. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. This time of year is the worst. I feel like I can't do anything and I can't enjoy my dinner because I can't taste my food and I can't work out because I feel tired and distracted. I can't even feel like I can host this show because my voice sounds like a duck. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D, designed for serious allergy sufferers. Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. I feel like I've been using Claritin D for probably a few months now, and I have really noticed a difference. I can work out. I'm not feeling like my eyes are watering and my nose is all stuffed up. I can speak without feeling like a frog has jumped into my throat. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D. At your local pharmacy counter, you don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. I agree with you. Yeah, I've done kind of went on from there. Yeah, I've done um, spiritual retreats. Like when I've said this before, women can be difficult. Like we're very judgmental of each other. We're really mm-hmm. hard on each other. I think it all stems back from childhood and men. Sorry, that's my opinion, how we're kind of pinned up against each other. But um, we also can be so supportive of each other. And so when we get into groups and with the intentions in the right place, I'll say that of not being catty and mean and jealous and all the other things, but just sharing, it's one of the most powerful gifts that I think we can give to each other as females and um and I've learned so much from other women's stories like you. And I, some of these spiritual retreats I've done have been life-changing for me. So mm-hmm, I, I think that's sure. a great message. Can you tell me just to backpedal? I, I hate when I say backpedal. It's like my mm-hmm. favorite word, that and piggyback. Um, when you talked about the using the flower therapy and how it started to help you with the fear piece of it. And then you were able to go into this group and then kind of feel shunned. Like you finally opened up, you overcame the fear when you're using the the flower therapy. And then I'm assuming at that point when you were in the group therapy, this was part of the therapy. That's what I wanted to know. Yeah. For me, it was part yeah. of my personal therapy. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. I've been, I've been personally working with the flowers for 30 years and I, I really do lean into like, what is it I'm experiencing? So like, for instance, I can give you an example and it's going to be different for everybody. Right. But, um, so star of Bethlehem is the Bach flower for unresolved trauma. So the thing that's so beautiful about this flower is we can take it and we can use it for something we experienced yesterday that was traumatic or something we experienced 25 years ago that was pushed to the back. So it's for any 
time, we sense that the trauma is not resolved, right? So when I was working in these circles, and, and obviously the trauma was coming back up, I leaned into the energy of Star of Bethlehem. And, um, you know, oftentimes when I see it in other people, like when I'm working with other trauma survivors, what I notice is there's this disconnection with life. So there could be a really monotone voice, right? Like I just don't have any feelings. I'm so stuck in the trauma, right? Um, and so star helps us to really open up that peace within that's blocked, that's locked. And it lets us feel into life again, because oftentimes we've shut that part of ourselves off because we don't know how to manage it, right? So it's actually a good thing to be able to shut it down so that we don't spin out. And so what the star does is it really opens that piece up so that then we can feel again. And again, lean into the next layer, like what is it now that I'm feeling that needs to be recognized? Because it's going to be different for everybody. Like, is it fear? Is it anger? Is it resentment? Is it sorrow? You know, what is it that's coming up now? What, what, as far as how it's ingested, is it like in tea form, pill yeah. form? And do you like, so say I come to you or a listener, I'm saying this for mm -hmm. my listeners too. I'm going to just give myself as an example. Um, so I'm dealing with trauma always from my childhood and trying to heal mm -hmm. from that. That's a lifelong process. A lot, a lot of anger, which is probably, anger is probably my hardest Thing that I'm trying to overcome and the most powerful for me. Yeah. Um, and then lifelong issues with depression and feeling self-doubt and lacking in self-worth, all of those things. So say I'm somebody and mm -hmm. I'm coming to you for therapy. How does that work? Tell my listeners and myself a little bit about like how somebody would ingest it, what you would do. Do you yeah. mind going into that? No, not at all. So, so when I do a straight flower therapy session for someone, which I do, um, we talk for about an hour. And uh, at the end, I will tell them the different flowers that I'm, I'm hearing and we'll kind of get it, you know, make sure that they agree to them because it's, it's about, it's your process. It's not my process. So um, what I'll do is I'll prescribe anywhere from two to seven flowers and then I'll mix it. So they're, they're actually in little bottles um, of alcohol. They're preserved in alcohol and the flower essence is then in each bottle. So there's 38 bottles in the box system. And then what I'll do is I'll actually mix two drops of each flower that I prescribe into like a one ounce, you know, tincture bottle and I'll give it to them. So then it's like one of those little tinctures, you know, that you buy in the store and you take it internally over the course of about three to four weeks. So you take four drops, four times a day. And if, by the way, in my book, this is completely lined out. So it's a, it's a complete comprehensive guide. It tells you how to take Can you hold up your book. This will all yeah. be in the show notes yeah. for my listeners too. But if you're watching yeah. on, on YouTube, and what a beautiful, actually, beautiful. Yeah. Book. That's a picture of a flower essence that I made from a crab apple tree in my backyard. And again, I don't, so I don't make each flower remedy and then I buy the remedies from, from the box center and then I combine them. So I create the remedy for you just because they're already made for me and they're powerful. So I, I buy, you know, I have a complete set. Um, and then I mix the remedy and I give it to you and you take it for about three to four weeks and then see what happens from there. Some people like to come back once a month and it's their therapy and it's great. Some people come to me a few times a year. Some people come to me once. Um, a lot of people though, who are clients want to become students and they want to learn, which is why I wrote the book. Because with the book, you can learn everything you need to know. You can buy a kit, tells you where you can buy a kit. So it really is a comprehensive guide. But I want to touch on what you said, because I love, thank you. First of all, I want to say thank you for being brave um, to talk about your anger and your depression um, and to be in touch with it. I mean, anger is a beautiful emotion, right? Um, but the idea is that we can move through it. So I worked with anger for years, for years. I was, um, I was a smasher. Like I loved to break things, you know, and honestly I had to, like, that was kind of like, I needed that physical catalyst. And now they have like all these uh, rage rooms, <laughs> like you can go and like smash cars and smash plates one, and stuff. Actually. 
I wish they had this. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Cause yeah. it would have saved me a lot in dishes. Mm. Um, I wish they had this because it's necessary. Like I don't believe in, you know, you can just work through your anger without the physical volition because it's a physical energy. Like you feel it so much in your body. Um, and so I, I did, I, I broke things unapologetically, you know, that was part of me working with my therapist was, you know, feeling guilt and shame around it. Like, oh, do, should, am I bad because I'm angry? And no, you're not bad. This is something that you need to work through. So that coupled with the remedies. So it's interesting because one of the remedies that came up for me at the beginning, when you were talking about this, this thing you had with this woman who was angry was holly. And so holly is like, I feel like it's a Christmas. It is a Christmas flower, right? Holly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the holly flower is for anger. It is for um, closed heartedness. It's for reconnecting us with humanity. So when you're talking about this woman, I'm like, you know, and, and talking about like, oh, why do I feel this sense of anger or upsetness when it's the holiday season? I'm supposed to be feeling love, right? Well, holly, the holly flower opens us up for that connection with humanity so we, so that we can feel the love of the season and of the, 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 you know, brotherly, sisterly love. So that's funny that you brought that up at the beginning and I thought holly and now you're talking about anger. I mean, Holly was a great one for me in kind of opening up my heart to others, not feeling so angry. And again, so for for trauma survivors, it's not enough to say, oh, just forgive your abuser. No, no, no. I don't want people to forgive based on I should forgive because that's not going to open up your heart. And forgiveness does open up your heart in a sense for yourself, but it's not about putting aside what was done to you and forgiving it. It's about maybe opening up your heart more to yourself so that you can feel a sense of forgiveness so that you can move on. Right. I think that that's a good point. I talk about forgiveness a lot. I, I know that I have so many guests that come on or people I talk to and they're like, you know, if you can't forgive, then you're just hurting yourself. But I like what you kind of just said. I, I Forgiveness is something I'm working on, not for the per people that hurt me or the person that hurt me and destroyed me. It's for me to be able to move past it. So when I talk about anger or forgiveness, like you just touched on, I don't think that anybody needs to be telling somebody else, you have to forgive. In order for you to be whole, you have to forgive. You do all of this on your own timeline. And it's a process, like you said, like we talked about in the beginning. So it could be a lifelong process, you know? So it, right now you're sitting here talking about this. I'm at my wits end sometimes. I've tried every therapy you can imagine. And so if it, there's something like flower therapy that could help me with this, why not, you know? Well, also, I love thinking about forgiveness in terms of, okay, so for for abuse survivors, mm -hmm. don't we often blame ourselves, right? Like I hear that all the time, that there is so much shame and self-blame around having experienced abuse that ultimately you're forgiving yourself and you're, and you're forgiving yourself that it wasn't your fault. So that's a big part of the forgiveness piece. I mean, I wrote a whole big poem about what my brother did to me. And the end of it was because I felt so shamed by it. I was so ashamed of what had been done to me. And I didn't realize that I was carrying around the guilt and I wasn't able to forgive myself. So the end of the poem is shame on you. I give you back your shame, shame on you. Because for so long, I was the one carrying the shame. So it was about me forgiving myself. And I can't forgive what he has done to me. I can't, especially because he never came clean with it. Mm -hmm. Now, I've had other people in my life, um, you know, who who abused me, who came clean and were like, oh, my God, I am so sorry. So then there was a light of forgiveness that I could shine on them. But how can you forgive those who who don't own up to it. So I think ultimately for abuse survivors, it's about forgiving yourself first. I think you're so right on that. Um, and 
it's like you said, it's different if somebody says, I'm sorry, and you get the I'm sorry. But if you don't get the I'm sorry, it's kind of like living in a prison um, where you know you'll never get it. And um, and that's just something that it's a cross that I bear in my life and I'm going to have to bear. But in order to be able to keep going, I have to remind myself that it's like an ongoing process. And so if there's ways to overcome these things in life, be open to it. And I'm saying that to my listeners too, because very honest with my two biggest struggles, like I said, are anger and forgiveness. And those I think are really tough ones. So if it, if that means sending over some Holly my way, (laughs) Or for the anger and then pine pine is the one for um, self-forgiveness. So if we're carrying guilt and and self-blame, then that's the pine flower. And that is the one that I think I have prescribed at one time or another for every single woman I've ever worked with. Because Mm -hmm. even those who who weren't like sexual trauma survivors, it's still, I think being, like you said at the beginning, being like being born into a female body, right? Like we are we get this, this idea that we're second-class citizens, that we're not as powerful as men, and we carry around a lot of guilt and shame. And so pine is the one that relieves that and really gives us a sense of self-love, a sense of self-acceptance, um, and really opens up those pathways. So just like, yeah, if you're somebody who relates to anything I'm saying right now, like just use pine and holly for a few weeks together and see what happens. Okay, so let me ask you, if if I have a listener that's listening right now and they want to reach out to you or they want to kind of find out they can get your book, which we're going to plug at the end, but tell me how they could reach out to you or they want to get flower therapy and they're not in California. Do you talk to people mm-hmm. and do Zooms? Like how do you how do you work with people? I don't do Zoom so much anymore just because my time doesn't allow for it. Um, mm-hmm. Occasionally though, like if I do get a call and I have time, I will try. To, I, I try to accommodate everybody because it's a big step reaching out. I understand that. I also can refer you to other people who do Zoom work. But I would say right now, because the book is out and that's the reason I created it is so that people can like dig their teeth into it right away. So I, I recommend using the book first. Um, if you're somebody who's not in California, I will work with people in person. And right now my studio is in the Napa Valley. So that's where I'm preferring to do most of my in-person because it's just a great space. I I'm actually so okay with driving to the Napa Valley and I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> I live in LA. I love right? the Napa well, Valley. So what I'm doing yeah. there is I'm doing yeah. like two hour sessions. So I'm doing like an hour of flower therapy And then an hour of guided meditation practices, because I do a lot of that. I have um, a background as a hypnotherapist, so I kind of work that in. And then I also do some sound healing. So I do like a complete thing. It's, It's really great. And people have traveled to come to see me there. So that's my preferred way. Although I am in, I am in Los Angeles some of the time. So like I said, if, if you catch me at the right time, I will try to accommodate you. And I will try to do some zoom calls here and there if I have time. Um, so yeah, I, I like, I'm, I want to be available, you know, I want to be available. And then the other thing is I'm, I'm launching a podcast on, um, January 11th on mindbodyspirit.fm. And, uh, this is a little different. It's called your healing garden. And I'm actually going on location in person to meet with people who work with the different agents of nature. So I'm trying to highlight nature because Remember what we talked about at the beginning, nature is our one supreme source Mm -hmm. that nourishes every living being on the planet. So I'm trying to create more awareness around that because then that's the healer you can lean into, like just go out, be in nature and you're going to get held. You're going to discover things about yourself. And yeah, it's just this powerful resource that we have right at our fingertips that we've forgotten now in this technological age. Well, we also have to, and thank you for saying that too, we have to treat our planet better, which obviously you're a huge advocate of like I am, but, um, I, I do agree. I never really thought of myself, like you were talking in the beginning of being somebody that cared so deeply about nature, but I live at the beach. 
I look at the, the, I, I say all the time, my listeners know this, the ocean helped save my life. Like just staring out at the sea and how powerful it is or walking on the sand or just like taking a moment to go outside and look at the flowers. It's funny. You talk, you, you deal with flower therapy. I have to have fresh flowers in my house Mm -hmm. at all times and plants because they're so healing to me to just look at and smell. And so I think it's important that we really incorporate all of the things that you've talked about throughout this podcast. And I must say, congratulations, because starting a podcast is not easy. You can reach out to me anytime for tips, (laughs) Um, but it's brave. And I think what you're doing is very, very much needed, you know, Um, but incorporating the flower therapy with the meditation. I mean, I'm a huge believer in Reiki and all of that stuff. I think it's really healing um, for the soul and helps with anger and forgiveness and all the things that we've talked about. So um, in closing, where can people find you? Yes, they can find me on my website, which is my name, dinasalisi.com. I'm also on Instagram. I post almost daily and people message me there as well. So I'm, I'm out there. Those are the two best places, best ways to reach me. And on my website, you can also fill out my contact form and I answer emails. Um, and then what, can you hold up your book one more time for my YouTube yes. listeners or watchers? It's a beautiful book, everyone. So if, in case you're not watching on YouTube, it's gorgeous. Um, thank thank you, you so much, Dina, for coming on. I loved talking to you today. I just think, um, remember everyone, this is a really kind of hard time of year. I, I just had an episode that came out about um, how we treat each other and the holidays and grieving and loss. There's a lot of people that are struggling this time of year with feeling alone and isolated. Be kind to each other. Reach out to your neighbor. Say hi. Pay it forward. Be grateful. Life's too short. We're here for such a small amount of time. Do your best to be kind to each other and 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 live your life to the to the fullest. I mean, I'm saying this to remind myself I needed to hear this today. Dina, thank you so much. I loved having you on. And everyone, please follow her on Instagram and reach out and get her beautiful book. I'm excited to read it. And in closing, be happy by making other people happy. Judging Megan with Megan Judge. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.